We're pleased to once again partner with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, it's the top-selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customized and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Fiore makes performance apparel designed to work out in, but doesn't look like it or feel like it. It's so dang comfortable, you'll want to wear it 24-7. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet and save 20% on your first purchase at vuori.com slash AMR. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash AMR. Get the support us runners need from our partner, Handful, the maker of our favorite sports bras. Choose from seven styles of bras in an array of colors. Save 15% at Handful.com with promo code HandfulAMR15. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today in studio by Brittany Williams. Hello, Brittany. Hello, hello. How are you? Good, good. It's lovely to have you here. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> Truly. You. Thank you. So I missed you when you were in Italy on I your know. delayed honeymoon. I, I know. It very, it's so funny because so many people have been like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it was delayed. It was delayed. Uh, but yeah, I just got, well, not just got back, but a few weeks ago, got back from Italy, um, spent 10 days there with my husband on a we got married in July of last year so delayed honeymoon um but it was perfect I wouldn't rewrite it for the world oh goodness I thought of you when uh NPR did a story about how overcrowded Italy is it is tourists it is Uh but revenge tourism that's what they called it (laughs) because like it's been closed down Uh, yeah like a f you to uh COVID oh yeah Mm -hmm. I can see that vibe um was my first time to Italy so I have nothing to compare that to but it was crowded but Uh I didn't feel like so I went, we went, we were in Positano, which is on the Amalfi coast for, um, seven days. And we went to Rome for three days. But one of those days that we were in Positano, we went to Capri, which oh. is just a quick ferry ride over uh-huh. and Capri felt very touristy, meaning mm. tons of, I mean, the minute you get off the ferry, I'm like clenching my husband's hand. Cause I'm like, don't get separated. Like that kind of, <laughs> wow. Busy. Like, wow. I mean, okay. he's six, four and bleach blonde hair. So like, I wouldn't have lost him, but he could have lost me potentially. Um, but, and then super, you know, in your face, like, Oh, come eat this restaurant, come buy these things. Tons oh, of big mm-hmm. name shops. So very touristy, but Positano itself mm. was busy, but didn't feel touristy at oh. all. Huh. And I kind of felt like there was a good mixture of um, nationalities there. So oh, like you were hearing people from Europe, people from Australia, people from like America, like everyone. So that kind of felt, it didn't feel as cheesy touristy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. There's a lot of people here, but I don't feel like we're being bamboozled because we're (laughs) on vacation. (laughs) Don't want to be bamboozled. I don't. I don't. I just, I don't mind there being a lot of people. I just want to eat good food. I like a young person using an old timey word that I probably would use. (laughs) (laughs) Do people not say bamboozled anymore? I don't know if I can see a Gen Z or using bamboozled. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, even though it's overcast today, summer activities have started. They have. Uh-huh. Yes. So um, my son, John, who is almost 17, um, he started a summer dance intensive yesterday. Oh. Um, and so that involves six days a week of dancing, seven hours a day. 
Um, I have thought about putting a port in his chest so we can just apply calories. Yes. You know, yeah, I was going to say that's a lot. Yeah. So I talked to um, a friend of mine who is uh, training for an ultra and she says sometimes she will drink protein shakes like from Costco, you know, the mm-hmm, package ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right before she goes to bed so that she can kind of get, oh my gosh. you know, yeah, that her body can use it. Yeah, yes. Can repair. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to try to talk John into doing that. Would he be open to that? Uh, I've mentioned it to him. He didn't see, he's, he oftentimes eats a second dinner. So I don't see, you That's know, good. is it something that he's like, he like cares about the, like he knows he needs to like, Oh, he comes home very hungry. Okay, I mean, he stops good. and picks some. So it's from 10 to five. He stops and picks up food on his way home Yep, and then eats dinner, you know, 90 minutes later, two hours later. It sounds so, like my husband and who then, does then not do that dinner lo- again, does not do that level of cardio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> just, my husband's just trying to uh, get stronger uh-huh. and to do that, you have to eat a lot of food. Uh-huh. And so he's constantly like, I look over and he's got like full glass of milk or like a huge thing of pancakes. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I, uh, we did get some calories though. Um, so my husband's out East for a week visiting his family. And my older daughter is down in San Francisco, staying at a friend's apartment for about two weeks. And so it's just me and the twins here at home. And so I was like, Ooh, I'm going to make our favorite cupcakes because then there are fewer people to share. Smart. The co- yeah. Smart. I like Thank this. You. I like this. <laughs> I like this it. is something you I would do. Approval board this is something I, I would do. Yes. <laughs> I already know where this is going. And I love this train of thought. It's so funny because uh, Daphne, John's twin had a friend over when the no. cupcakes were done and John and I had our, I had said, okay, there's 17 cupcakes. That means I get six. John's chimes and he gets six and we're like okay that leaves five for Daphne and John goes and if Lucia gets one it comes out it of has, hers yes 100 <laughs> yeah. I am an only child but if I had if I had siblings that's how it would have gone down every time no I realize that some mothers would have it come out of their infantry nope. <laughs> No, 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 no. Like my mother definitely would not have taken the six. I would have. I fully took the six. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. My husband makes, uh, he makes this chocolate cookie from scratch that I love. My mother loves too. And he sends it to her for her birthday every year. Wow. And he has to make like double, triple the amount. And then there's like Britney's batch, <laughs> Petra's batch and like two for him. And I'm like, you best be prepared. Do not, he's like, they're not even for you. And I go, I don't care. Do not make those things in my house and not prepare yourself accordingly. Yes. Oh my gosh. And the great thing about the uh, cupcakes that I make, the um, frosting calls for evaporated milk and so, um, there's always leftover evaporated milk. So, you know, I don't want to go to waste. Right. So therefore I have to make another oh, batch shucks. soon. To oh, do- shucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> and I did one time have Ashley of your boss yes. at the refinery. Yeah. She and her four kids stopped by while I was making cupcakes once. And I just totally played dumb. It was like, yep, not offering to give. Oh my God. I love that. That's exactly what I would do. Like hide the treats. Yes. We should have four kids. You you would be, you would, right. You, that would have been, you have one left for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. There goes my stash. Oh my gosh. So I've revealed my truly terrible self. So hopefully people will continue to listen. That makes two of us. Okay. All right. So we're two peas in a a cupcake pot. I was going to say, there's got to be two peas in a muffin pan. Two two cupcakes in a muffin pan. That's what I meant to say. Oh man. Oh my gosh. So, all right. So today we are talking about returning to running after an injury. 
with me, me, yours truly <laughs> as the <laughs> test subject, the greedy cupcake eater as the test subject. Oh. Um, so the idea came to me actually after training with you, Brittany, last week, cause you were my personal trainer. And I was like, gosh, I just want advice. I want to like codify all this, you know, all the tips you give me and all the advice and, and just the kind of stuff that I soak up while I'm near you. And then I'm like, Oh, well, I need to have, you know, a running coach do the same thing. A, another running coach. So, so coach Jen Harrison is going to counsel on the running bit and then Brittany, you are going to switch to being a guest. You're going to talk about strength training and it is applicable to everyone. We don't, the, you, you two don't just talk about, you know, how I can come back to running, but how other people can come back to running too. (laughs) It's not all about you, Sarah. It's not. The cupcakes are all about me, but otherwise (laughs) the advice, I give that away for Frank. So, (laughs) so Brittany and I will be joined by coach Jen after this brief break. Stay with us. I'm eternally grateful to coaches Jen and Liz for introducing me to the brand Viore. Everything the brand makes is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. Viore pieces are so incredibly comfortable, you'll want to wear them all the time. I pretty much now live in Viore stuff, especially the women's performance joggers, which are the softest, most high quality joggers ever. And once you try them, you'll want a pair in every color. Viore product is incredibly versatile, ideal for just about any gym activity like running, training, Pilates, or yoga, as well as running errands or kicking back. I wear mine to the pool, on walks, gardening, and around town. The Viore website is easy to shop. The color choices, oh so many, are simple to scroll through, and it's easy to compare styles of shorts or tank tops. Plus, you can feel good about shopping Viore. The brand is 100% offsetting its carbon footprint, plus reducing and offsetting its plastic footprint. Viore is utilizing better sustainable materials for its products, empowering your best active life. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com AMR. That's V-U-O-R-I dot AMR. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash AMR and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Viore.com slash AMR. At long last, my workout wear is getting sweaty. Over the weekend, I wore a handful Y-back bra all three days I played pickleball, then this morning on my walk run. What a delight to be back in action and wearing my favorite sports bra. On the court and on the road, I was reminded why I ditched all my old sports bras and now only wear handful bras. The fit, the feel, and the profile of Handful. All Handful bras are made from smooth, quick-dry fabric that offers the perfect amount of stretch. They also all have removable pads, which I, as a perma-headlight gal, appreciate the modesty. But if pads aren't your thing, they're easily removed. More about Handful's fit. The bra's wide band and straps provide excellent support, while the Y-back design on my favorite style keeps those straps securely in place. Sunday was a lazy day for me, so I comfortably wore my Handful bra for the rest of the day, a move I never would have made with previous sports bras. The Y-back is one of seven styles of bras Handful makes in an array of colors. The brand often introduces new colors with sassy names like Have It All Honey, Down to Earth, and Fresh Air. Follow my lead and fall in love with Handful bras. Save 15% at Handful.com with promo code HandfulAMR15. Again, that 15% code is HandfulAMR15 at Handful.com. 
handfulamr15 at handful.com. This summer, take steps to better running with Curex. At running stores where folks can try on insoles, Curex is the most popular brand of insoles, for good reason. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customized and provide dynamic arch support. If you've been in the market for insoles, I don't need to tell you, there are a lot of options and it can be kind of confusing. Let me break it down for you. Insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like a custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with an ideal level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile while still providing maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. From my high arches and up into my knees, hips, and back, my body is grateful I added Curex Run Pro insoles to my shoes. And I'm such a fan of Curex Run Pro insoles, I put Curex Ace Pro insoles in my court shoes for playing pickleball. Feel the Curex difference. Curex offers the largest line of sport, activity-specific insoles, including ones for soccer, hiking, walking, golf, hockey, and even ones for folks who are on their feet all day in the workplace. Now that I'm resuming my running gradually, oh so gradually, increasing my time running versus walking, I put a new pair of Curex Run Pro insoles into my shoes to assure I had the best base possible. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us AMR15. Our first guest is Coach Jennifer Harrison, a semi-regular guest on this pod, a triathlon coach for more than two decades. Jen owns JHC Triathlon Coaching in the Chicagoland area. Jen has helped thousands of athletes navigate their training and thoroughly prepare them to race up to their potential. She's a mom of college age twins. Jennifer herself has completed more than 200 triathlons competing in all distances of triathlons. In short, Jen is a badass yet also incredibly humble and empathetic. Welcome back, Jen. And thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Good, good. I had two moms of two, uh, twins. Yes. Yes. And, and hers are boy girl as well. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's oh, fun. I didn't know you had twins. Brittany, how old are yours? Oh, no, oh, I no, meant, no, I me meant, that would be yeah. fun. That would be fun if all three of us, that would, twin, that, I was going to say, podcast. exactly. That would need Mom to be a separate, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jen, it's great to meet, you know, I don't have any kids yet, but maybe I'll have twins and then we can redo this uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jen, how have your workouts been going this summer? Do you have any races coming up? Yeah. Um, you know, I actually just got back from Montreal. I was in Montreal yeah. last weekend, uh, the world championships for, um, draft legal sprint triathlon actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really exciting. I was hemming and hawing on whether or not I was going to go because I wasn't a hundred percent because I had, was coming off of COVID. Um, mm that I got in kind of mid to late May. So it's a little hard to go to the world championships unless you're like 100%. But finally I said, screw it. (laughs) And, um, actually, you know, be actually my doctor cleared said you were fine to go. So I did get the blessing and then I went. So that has been, so my training has been going really well and I'm just doing short course racing triathlons this year, which is a nice change uh, from last year where I did long course. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. So short course, then does that mean sprint distance? Like what are the distances? 
Yeah. So for triathlon, that is sprint and Olympic distance is what we consider short course racing. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give uh, as short as possible an update on my condition, um, which is several bulging discs. Yes, that's plural, a little hard to word. That's a little hard to say. Um, so that resulted in some people be like, Oh, I'm sorry. So sorry about your sore back. No, no, no. I didn't have a sore back. Like it would result in occasional shooting pain in my inner thighs and an extremely hampered stride. Um, so that walking was at times very difficult for me and oftentimes painful, um, and super awkward all the time. Um, so no running since mid February and then been swimming a ton walking when possible, some strength training, but very different than it had been previously, which Brittany and I will get to later. And then on June 22nd, I got two cortisone shots, one on either side of my spine in the L3, L4 intersection for people who are keeping track, um, and had almost immediate relief. Like, I I mean, I definitely felt better by the time I walked out of the (laughs) the recovery room and, um, no more compromised stride or limp. Um, and so I then went pretty quickly, went to Missoula, Montana for, to, um, be there for the marathon, did a lot of hiking and walking. I hiked about six miles in Glacier National Park. And then last Thursday before training with Brittany, I did a 45 minute, um, workout that was walking with some running introduced into it. And I did about four or five short walking, uh, sorry, running stints, maybe a mile total. Who knows? I hate to interrupt you, but I feel like we needed some like, ta-da, oh. like after you said, like I introduced <laughs> did, did running. I? as someone who's been, as someone who's been there on this journey with you with this injury, I wanted to be like jazz hands, right? As you said, <laughs> running. So I'd have to pause for a second there. That was a big moment. Yes, it was. It was, it was. And, um, uh, so, I mean, it would have felt bigger, but gosh, it was so tiring. And we'll get to that later. I mean, it was ex- it's exhausting to run, um, but no pain or impingement during or after. And um, then today I went for about an hour long walk that I mixed in a little bit more running um, tiniest of um, uh, soreness, tightness in my upper thigh in lower groin. I don't know area, but um, overall I feel pretty good. So I don't know. So coach Jen, I mean, what are your thoughts? You, you saw me in the beginning. You saw me oh. there on Hilton Head Island. Oh. <laughs> I did. And I peeled your poor little self off of the pool deck because <laughs> I, I knew, you know, you were really struggling. I think that might've been one of your publicly, privately, I'm sure it was different, but publicly, you know, you were struggling there. And I was so happy that you swam because that's the first thing, you know, when we get injured before we even know what it is. And I think at that point, I did not know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of adamant in a nice way to just set it. Let's figure out what it is. Because once we figure, I think with injuries, some of the biggest challenges we have is the the unknown. You know, if we hurt our Achilles or we hurt our planter, you know, what actually is going on in there? So we didn't know what was going on in there. It could have been something simple or something a little bit more severe and the bulging discs, you know, kind of trend towards a little bit more severe. Mm-hmm. So once we get an answer, I think we, the best thing for athletes that are injured is then you get the sense of, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. We can set up a plan of how to move forward. And I think sometimes that settles people's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are like general guidelines that people should follow when they're coming back from injury that have side? I mean, Sarah was sidelined for months, so to speak. Like what are just some overarching 
you know, guideposts that people can follow when they're coming back from injury, obviously knowing each injury is different. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that people have to do right away is when they get injured, one, they just have to rest and stop, stop kind of pushing the envelope of, let me try running. Let me try pickleball. Let me. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> hey now. I know. Well, she I'm, went not right say, regular. <laughs> I'm not going to say the torsion was an issue, but um, anyway, so, you know, just, okay. Setting, resetting expectations and resting one, getting professional help and getting professional advice um, regarding a doctor's to look at it, a physical mm-hmm. therapist, to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is how we can address it. And then once we get the answers, I'm adamant about getting answers about what's going on or else we're just treating the symptoms without without treat understanding the underlying issue. And then once we understand the underlying issue, like I said, developing the plan and then working with a professional um, for some advice, whether it's a physical therapist, coach, personal trainer, you know, something to kind of ease back into it. Because the thing with, running injuries is we, it's a process. And it's like this whole process of trying to manage the anxiety, the fear, the impatience, you know, the uncertainty, it's all these emotional stuff that we have to process through in order to kind of get some clarity on this injury. And then from that clarity, be able to move on. Um, And moving on is a process, but it, we all get there at some point, everybody can come back from, from these injuries. It just depends on the length of it and the severity of it. Yeah. I have to say, you're talking about the emotions that ultimately is what made me get the cortisone shots is Mm -hmm. that it was too much of the uncertainty of waking up every day. Is it gonna, am I gonna backslide? Did I, you know, am I going to be limping all over again today after feeling better for a couple weeks now or whatever? And it just was, too much of a seesaw for me to be on and I couldn't take it anymore. And I think I was pretty close to having gotten better just with time and, um, you know, some rest and that sort of thing. And I just like, Nope, I've jumped through all the insurance hoops. I am doing this. I'm getting the shot so that I'm going to know, hopefully day after day after day, I'm going to wake up and still feel like I'm on the mend. So, yeah. And I think people, um, absolutely. It's a roller coaster of emotions. And actually one of the books that I recommend to athletes every time they get injured, injured in, in a significant fashion, not, you know, where they're, they're injured, they're off for a few days and they're able to come back, but a significant injury, like your disc injury, or they break a a bone or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, plantar fascia for eight weeks, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, there's a book, Carrie Cheadle, who, who I adore Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got this book rebound. Have you read it? Um, I have not. She's been a guest. I want to say twice on the podcast. Okay. Look it up. And for anybody out there that's struggling through this injury hoop, she does the best job, I think, in just kind of a mental health, mental skills kind of process of what, you know, what to expect and kind of how to, to manage the, the comeback. Mm. She, mm. it's very good. And, and resetting expectations mm-hmm. um, of how to get back and struggling with feeling out of shape and miserable when you do come back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We will get to that in the questions and I will, <laughs> I will link to Carrie's book in the show notes. Oh, um, so before we get into more of those things, I mean, I am struggle with, and, and Brittany and I were talking a little bit about this before we hopped on here. Like what if the returning to running brings my injury back? You know, like 
told, I admit to Brittany um, before this, I was like, well, what if like the, the cortisone's there in my spine and each running step is going to squeeze it out and make it go away soon? <laughs> you know, like that's my understanding of medicine, uh, uh, you know, like, but the just um, fear always plagues me after an injury that, that, you know, I've had plantar fasciitis twice, for instance, I thought, oh my gosh, now when I start running on it, it's going to bring it back. And then it's going to set me back months and how will I deal with that? So I, I almost think that's why I didn't try running for 10 days after my um, injections, because I didn't want to know the answer. Well, and that's obviously the, the legit real raw feelings is that yeah. the injury is going to come back and it, absolutely normal. We've all, we've all experienced that. And, you know, I hurt my hamstring years and year, or years ago, maybe five years ago. And I've been working hard with a personal trainer, athletic trainer ever since. And every day I see him, he says to me, that muscle is so strong. Stop stressing about it. Cause I'm like, I feel great. It doesn't hurt. You know, <laughs> and, uh, he's like, yes, but that you are stronger and you're going to be fine, but that muscle will never be 100% the same. So mm. I want you to keep that in mind that if you skip out on the strength, you skip out on your flexibility, you skip out on everything you need to do to keep yourself injured, injury free, then mm -hmm. it potentially does come back. Now that doesn't help. It doesn't help <laughs> listeners feel way more to confident. help way to help or fear. <laughs> I know, but, but I will say that you're on the path of doing so many things, right. You know, you're working with Brittany who is, um, obviously a personal trainer. Don't mean to I don't, I, I know that she's a personal trainer yep. and a strength coach and all that other good stuff. And then just getting on to some kind of plan. Um, you know, that is exactly why coach Elizabeth and I wrote that return to run program and plan for another mother runner is because we were trying to get athletes back on a structured plan where they can, we can eliminate the overthinking. Mm. And I think that's huge too. Cause I think they're is so much out there. I think in terms of here's how to run, you know, your first 5k, your first marathon, your 50th marathon, what have you, but to have a program that is to help people specifically return to running, because that is a different experience. I think coming back from injury is definitely a different experience than starting running for the first time hmm. from a mental perspective. Um, I know at least for me, anytime I've come back from injury, it feels fearful. Like you said, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. How do you think that how gradual does that return need to be? So obviously there is a, a mental aspect as, as we've alluded to, but from a physical perspective, um, how gradual should gradual be when someone's coming back to running? Yes. And this is really important because one of the things that people have to understand with stuff like this is that you have to be able to walk before you run. Mm -hmm. So if people are limping, like Sarah was in, in, um, Hilton head, mm -hmm. or you're out there limping because you're trying to say, I want to run, I want to run, but you're, you know, your walk gait is anywhere, not normal. Then that's a red flag that you need to continue to rest and cross train, you know, get into the pool, uh, bike, you know, stuff, you know, whatever kind of strength, you know, that kind of stuff, yoga, Pilates. So you need to walk before you run and a general rule of thumb that I recommend is that people need to work up to walking 60 minutes briskly without made, you know, without significant pain mm -hmm. to, to know that you're able to sustain that, that future impact. Mm -hmm. I love that tip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and how do you rein in the enthusiasm for the people <laughs> who aren't riddled with fear? Like I am, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, rate. How do you, you know, you like? Oh my gosh, I'm back running. I just want to keep going, keep going. Um, you know, how did? What do we say to them to be patient? To get them to be patient with their workouts. I kind of go back to to the process and in having athletes follow a plan uh, from their PT, from you know the the AMR, anything like that, where they follow a plan, where they try to be really smart. The goal here is you want to, we always tell athletes, let's try to run three or four days a week for a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. The key too, is we're not running back-to-back days. So we suggest putting 48 hours in between these runs. And that's mm-hmm. just from a recovery impact, you know, position, even avid experienced runners should follow that plan for two or three weeks. Then once that happens, you know, and you get to that, that two or three weeks and you're feeling better, your confidence, then you can kind of change things up a little bit where you can run every other day. This is if you're an avid experienced runner and this is what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think just the mental side of it, it, it's really easy for me to say, well, you have to be patient because that, and it's such an overused word, Mm -hmm. you have to have the confidence in your plan and in your process that the end result will be, you know, success. I mean, you have to walk before you run, right? So it just has to happen. The other thing that has to happen when you do this return to run stuff um, and that people just don't do a great job at is they have to do warm-ups and dynamic stretching. They have to do some movements first. If I told you what I have to do at 50 years old to get ready to run <laughs> injury-free, we can be on this podcast for another 45 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I think what's happening is that people want to get up and start doing, you know, start running right away, but walk, walk five or 10 minutes, do some hip circles, do some hip movements, Mm. um, and do some light stretching, some dynamic movements. And you probably need to do this for a long time Mm. Mm post-injury. Or just don't stop because it's a wonderful habit to get into is to be doing dynamic stretching and mobility, just continue it. Mm-hmm. When does someone know when to back off? So I am unlike Sarah, I have no fear to, <laughs> to a fall. I'll, I'm always the one who ju- who jumps in too quickly after injury and then has the, Oh shoot moment. Like I shouldn't have done that even as a trainer. Uh, so what are those signs that we, you know, personalities like me should, uh, listen to, uh, and back off from running? Yes. Well, it's simple that pain, I mean, pain is your body's way to tell you to stop. It's just like when people get sick. Well, I don't know why I've got a sinus infection or I have a cold or I have whatever flu. Well, that's your body's way of saying it's tired, it's stressed, it's run down. Same thing with an injury, unless it's an acute injury, of course. But a chronic injury is your body's message to yourself saying you're doing something wrong. And wrong doesn't mean bad. It just means Mm -hmm. there's a biomechanic issue. There is a strength limiter there you're in the wrong shoes, you ran too hard, you know, you're not necessarily doing anything wrong. So there needs to be a release of guilt when people get injured. Um, Everybody's going to get injured. Our bodies are shrines. And so they're, they can't be perfect at all times. (laughs) So um, what I tell people is that if you start and you, your run starts to hurt and you have pain, when you start should probably not run, I would just walk or cross train. If you run and you gradually get better as the run goes on, that is a great sign. So continue to run and continue to follow the plan or process. 
Um, the other thing too is that um, if you have a little bit of pain or discomfort or soreness or something after the run or the day, you it will frankly it will show up the day after the run. That's okay, but mm-hmm. you need to watch that trend. If that trend is not improving or that trend is getting bigger, then that's a sign to say, okay, a little bit too much now. It doesn't mean you can't do your run, walk, and plan. It just means you just need to reset a little bit and make sure that that pain is not increasing as the as the runs and weeks go by. So it is it is it is hard, but I promise that after a couple two to three weeks of consistent run walk, um, you should feel like okay, okay, you can take a deep breath. I'm starting to see some forward progress. Yeah, that was so. After I added in those run um, intervals last week before training with Brittany, I, I said, "Oh yeah, I had some tightness a little bit." She's like, "Yeah, that's what you have after a run." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you mean I can come down off the ceiling?" Okay, all right. Uh, So talk about the importance of a rest day. You mentioned taking 48 hours between run, walk workouts. Um, you know, it's it, for me, I have, um, actually my friend Trisha was like, Oh, you want to go swimming again on Friday? Uh, we went swimming yesterday morning and and I was like, Oh, Fridays are my rest day. I can't do that. And it can be tough. I'm that Fridays. Makes, that makes me proud as your trainer. Oh, that, oh, that makes you so proud. Thank you so much. But it can be tough because, you know, it's not like I'm out there putting in, you know, 30, 40 miles a week and you know, all this other stuff. It's like, okay, but I still, I know I still need to take that rest day. So yeah, you know, rest days are just, I agree. They're just something they're look at a rest day is not like sitting on the couch eating bonbons as much more of, of a reset day. Mm. So reset yourself, reset yourself mentally, reset yourself physically, go out with your friend for coffee instead of going to the swimming pool. I can't believe I just said that. Please do not quote me that I said, (laughs) go go coffee instead of swim, because I will always push the swim. Um, Unless it's a rest day, unless Unless it's a rest day, day. which is why Friday go to coffee and go swimming (laughs) on another day with your friend. It's just a reset day. It's a reset day. Life is hard. We've got a lot of stuff going on, work, kids, life. It's okay, you know, and your body will thank you. Um, one of the most interesting things that I had when I went through COVID was that I could not hit really, really, really bad. Mm. And so I did not work out for five days, which for me is in a long piece of chunk of time. Mm-hmm. I want, I, I was shocked. I don't know why I was shocked. I've been doing this for a long time. I was shocked that once I started to come back, how amazing I felt oh. in just my general life and my general movement and workouts. Workouts were rough because I was short of breath and had some other COVID uh, symptoms, but my body was so grateful for that rest because I was trying to fight this virus and my mm-hmm. body was giving 100% to this fighting this virus. And it was almost like when I was pregnant with the twins on bed rest, I just mm. let it go. Mm-hmm. I just let the guilt and the apprehension and the pressure mm-hmm. that I feel like I, you know, that we put ourselves under, I just let it all go. And once I got over COVID, you know, obviously it took a while, I felt so much better and it just reinforced the need for that mental and physical reset day. That word apprehension is so good. I used to, when I kind of had an exercise addiction, um, simmering, uh, I just would always when I would tell myself, oh, you need to rest. I would just get so jittery and anxious 
And I like the word apprehension. One of the things that I've recommended a lot to my clients is when they have a rest day, I think those of us who are workout addicted, run addicted, and I think a lot of times our sense of validity of the day, I Mm -hmm. think rests on, did we work out or not? Mm-hmm. is to have an activity that fills in that time. So if you are working out at 6 a.m. every morning or at lunch break, whatever it is, have an activity that is scheduled during that time. Because for me on my rest day, you know, I work out generally between two and four every day. If I'm just sitting, I feel like a blob. I feel mm-hmm. worthless. I mean, it's this, the, this emotional toll. Mm-hmm. So if I have something, even if it's not physical. I mean, Mm -hmm. going for a walk can certainly be great, but even if it's just something to do a phone call, reading a book that I schedule, it makes me feel a little bit more productive because there's something that I can check the box of. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everyone's type a like me, but that has really helped me Ah. not feel (laughs) worthless on a, on a rest day. Yeah. I'm a big sweeper. Oh, okay. I love sweeping. Maybe I should try that. It has really good before and after qualities to it. That's fair. I've I've trained my husband to vacuum, so I don't want to start because I just want him to continue to think (laughs) that that is his chore. (laughs) I can't start now. I'll do something else. Uh, Jen, do you have a secret for how to, to uh, make sure you take a rest day? Yeah, I, I like Netflix. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I watched Netflix when I, when I was sick. Um, my day is a little bit different, whereas I have to work out as soon as I w- wake up. So mm-hmm. I so it took me a while to kind of process how to start my day without a workout. It's, um, and so for me, the way that I was able to do that was is and this is this is not the, the sexiest answer you're ever going to get, but uh, is work. You know, I was able to kind of get up, look forward to some, I don't drink coffee, but like hot tea breakfast, and then go into my office and, and work because if I worked early, I was able to get enough work done that would free up some hours in the afternoon where I could do something that was a little, uh, where I could find a little bit more joy. Not that I don't find joy in my work, but you know, whether it was meeting a friend or something shopping, I like to shop secretly. So that kind of stuff. It's not a secret now. <laughs> yeah. Well, neither, neither it's not to my credit cards either. <laughs> How do you think, you know, I think we, I've had dealt with my fair share of injuries and I have a physical therapist that I go to, uh, regularly. And one thing that I have struggled with personally, I've seen my clients struggle with it as well is when you are finally back and I love that you've talked a lot about having a program, having a guide, having a plan. A lot of times that plan is going to include exercises, mobility drills, dynamic movements that you probably weren't doing prior to your injury. And now you're having to find a way to plug them into your day. What was your advice that you would give to the runners out there of now they've got this, you know, 30 minute uh, plan from their PT of exercises and drills that they need to do. How do they fit that into their training? Um, and their everyday? Well, you know, that's funny because usually not always, usually when athletes come back from injuries, they're so, they will do anything. They will sell their blood on the hot black market <laughs> to get themselves back to running. So my experience in the short term is that athletes are all in with the PT work. So they don't care. They have to get up earlier, they have to do it after the kids go to bed, they figure out a way to get it done. So I think they just athletes just have to reprioritize and say in order for me to run, 
or bike or swim, you know, whatever that, whatever the passion, pickleball, whatever the athlete's passion is, the athletes just need to, they need to figure, I think they automatically prioritize that because they're so excited. So, you know, it's almost like you've got, you're at a bull, a bullfight in Spain, you know, in Spain, and they're all letting the bulls out and people are like, and I'm from the coaching standpoint, I'm like, whoa, 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 everybody just relax, take the red shirt off, relax. We have to, <laughs> we have to, we have to be. So usually, frankly, I have the other problem where they're overdoing it um, on everything. So I think it's just a reprioritization of of in order to run, you have to do this. And, and athletes are very type A process orientated. So most of them can, most of them can kind of swallow that a little bit better. I think it's hard for me when the injury's fresh, I'll do it. But mm-hmm. like I deal with a lot of, I'm not injured, but I, I certainly have imbalances. I have rheumatoid arthritis. So my joints mm. are kind of never a hundred percent. So I have kind of a standard mix of exercises that my PT wants me to do. And that's when it's hard when mm-hmm. I'm healthy, I can do pretty much any workout that I want to right now, but I still have to do these exercises. <laughs> and that's what's, <laughs> and that's the one thing that's been hard for me. And I think the one thing that helped me was my PT used to give me like 30 minute, like three times a week, 30 minutes of exercises to do. And he and I work together to just make it 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I do it more often. Yeah. So like I can add 10 minutes pretty much every day, but to, I mean, I have 30 minutes to do it, but I act like I'm just so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have 30 minutes to tack on to my, to my training, but that has really helped me too. I think because it is mm-hmm. a journey, like you said, once you get injured, unfortunately that your body is going to remember that injury and you might come out stronger than you were. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still going to be there and it's still something that you have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to the point of, you know, frequency. And I say this about running too, and, and sport frequency over duration. Mm, So if, if athletes can do five or 10 minutes of PT work, um, a day or whatever their PT or trainer, whatever they recommend every other day, whatever, um, if they can do five or 10 minutes a day, it will add up to, you know, kind of what we're trying to accomplish over the week. Exactly. And even those little tiny movements where people are like laying on the ground and doing hip rotations and, and stuff like that. I know people, athletes are thinking, this is so stupid. What is it doing? <laughs> but I'm here to say it works and it's, it's the movement and it's the hip mobility or the ankle, mo- you know, whatever ankle mobility that really, really, really adds up to the small things add up to the big things when you're, when you're injured and you're coming back. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. All right, coach Jen, how long is it going to take before I stop sucking wind Um, (laughs) when I run? I mean, God, I tell you last Thursday, I was like, are you kidding me? I've gone two blocks and, you know, sweat popping out of my brow, you know, panting the whole bit. Um, you know, and I, and I haven't been a slacker in the pool. I mean, I do intervals in the pool and stuff. So, yes, yes. This is always the million dollar question of how quickly do we lose fitness and running? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all these studies and scales and, and seven to ten, this is not going to impact you because you've been out much longer than this, but for those listening that are in a short term injury, seven to 10 days, there's no change in VO2 max from running loss. After that, we start losing it, you know, five to 6% a week. So yes, you That's lost shocking. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, and don't quote me on that, but I do have specifics. If anybody's looking for it, it's just, I don't have it in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
the point of it is, is in, in a week or two, you're not going to lose that much fitness. So not a big deal. And once you kind of get into four five, six, seven, eight weeks, yes, you do definitely lose fitness. The cross training helps remarkably. So I'm glad that you're swimming as far as running and return to run, um, and fitness. I usually think you will feel better usually after three to four weeks of consistent, uh, running. And that mm -hmm. can include some walk breaks too. Of course, are you going to feel hundred percent and back to your normal self? Not quite yet at that time. Mm -hmm. If you pushed me on it, I would probably say six or seven weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but it's again, it's, it's so, it's just so dependent, but if you, you're right. If you could, the heart's a muscle. So if you can work that hard in other avenues, aside from running, that's awesome. And the other challenge is getting the tendons and the ligaments mm -hmm. used to the pounding and the uh, running, which is so challenging on the body. So back to your strength that you're doing with Brittany, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff can only help you know, kind of increase this pace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do have to say that I played pickleball three times over the weekend. I always, I always left while I was having a good time. It's one of my mantras in life. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, left before I, I wanted to play more, but I'm like, Nope, I got to leave. And, uh, I gotta say I was panting some on the pickleball court, which has never happened before. <laughs> so like if, if someone had hit the ball out, I like took my sweet time walking to get it walking back. I know they thought like, you're wearing a runner runner shirt. Why aren't you running? I'm like, mm, all in good time. Uh, um, I love it. So, I mean, uh, you know, going back to the idea of being patient, if, you know, if I follow the return to running plan from the train, like a mother club, I mean, how long, what's a realistic time frame? until I'm returning to nonstop running as long as the injury doesn't rear its ugly head again. Yeah. You know, I always tell athletes once they can get to that 45 or 60 minutes of run walk, then they can start doing longer runs, 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And the key is not to increase that by more than five to seven or 8% a week. So that you're managing the, the load correctly. But if you do the return to run program, then you can get back to running without walking as long as you're feeling good and responding well, you know, right after that. And as long as you're running, you know, so when I have athletes and they, they've run consistently up to 45 minutes without any run breaks, or maybe just a couple 30 second walk breaks, then I go from there meaning we can start training for their half marathon. We can start training for whatever that they have in the future. Um, definitely don't add speed or intensity or Hills or anything like that. Everything should be done on a flat uh, mm -hmm. surface. Sometimes even a softer surface is okay. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's usually, usually how, how it would work. Yeah. I definitely waited this morning until I got to the top of the hill before I started adding in a, a running. Break. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need to start running right now as I'm staring down this big old hill. So. I also do that when I'm not injured. Yeah. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> just good running. <laughs> Never going to start up a hill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Jen, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for having me. Good luck with, good luck with the comeback. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now it's time, Brittany. You're going to swap your co-host hat for Hold on, a let guest me change hat. hats. Yeah. I should have actually brought hats. That oh, would have yeah. been funny. That would have been very, funny. Been very <laughs> funny. Next time, next time. Um, all right. So I'm going to remind folks, uh, you're Brittany Williams yep. and uh, you are a group fitness instructor and running coach. You're also a very popular bar instructor on the sweat app. And Brittany is a personal trainer who works with a very limited clientele. And lucky for me, she trains me. I do. Yes. So 
So thanks for um, talking expert stuff. Of course. Yeah. 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 So, um, so where are you with your running these days? Um, you know, we just heard Jen talking about how COVID, you know, kicked her sideways. How about you? Yeah. I also, uh, got COVID ironically the exact same time Jen did I know, yeah. mid, <laughs> mid to late May. Um, but running is great these days. I've certainly come back. I was really nervous. Uh, I think as anyone is as a runner or any sort of, um, aerobic exercise when you get COVID and packs your lungs. And I think I was super scared that first run back, but relatively good. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of easing back up. It's unfortunate. I went, so I got COVID coming back after my honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I took 10 days off of running cause I was in Positano, Italy, which you can't really run there. You have to wake up really early to run on the streets before there, the traffic mm -hmm. gets out there. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was going to take 10 days off from running, mm -hmm. which I haven't taken that much time off of running in years, decades. I don't know. Very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then to get a really bad case of COVID after that and take another 10 days off after mm -hmm. that. Um, and I think I waited even longer for the, to add running in. So I think I took, I would say 25 to 30 days off of oh. running. Um, so to now be back and feeling like, and I'm early back, but I feel like I can, I can move. It's good. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't done any long runs yet, mm -hmm. but I'm doing my three to five miles. Mm -hmm. I did an eight miler the other day and it was okay. So I think we're getting there. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. we're getting there. Yeah. If we, if we had Jen on here, she could do the math for how much percentage wise your endurance had dropped. She could. And I, and I don't want to yeah. know. Yeah, I don't we're not, we, not going to do that. Math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't let me know. Um, so, okay. So it, my injury is all kind of a blur, but it seems to it me is, like yeah. I, that you and I didn't work out. I didn't work out with you for at least two months. Yeah. Cause I was worried about it doing damage to my back or because I was just so hampered. I think it was longer because I think you were, let's call it injured for two months. Uh -huh. And then I was gone as we just, yeah, I think, yeah. I feel like you got to a good spot. And then I was like, Hey, I'm gone on a honeymoon. Hey, I have COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it was two months plus some. Yes. Yeah. I think we had seen each other a few times before you went to Italy mm -hmm. and then I, but it was pretty left my, you in the dust. Yeah. My, 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 <laughs> No, in a bad no, way, no, not no, in, no. not in the cool way of like, Oh, I'm so suave. I'm just like speed out of here. So, but my memory of those, you know, being the workout, I mean, I just, you know, the, where, where, you know, you tr train me and where your classes are and everything is at a, a very high end studio here, like with very dedicated, really athletic fit people. Right. And then there was me like barely able to get down on the ground and yeah. you know, barely able to turn over. I mean, it was like, I mean, barely is putting it nicely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Truly. I mean, the amount of time I think that it took you just to get from standing. Like I remember one day I accidentally had too many exercises that went from standing to sitting. <laughs> and I was like, never mind, scrap the plan because we're going to take the entire hour just right. trying to down. get up and down. <laughs> um, but I think that that's normal. I mean, mm. I think that your injury in terms of impacting every day was one of the worst I've seen other than like, okay, if you break a leg, obviously that's mm -hmm. like, there are certainly worse exercises that completely put you out, mm -hmm. but just watching you try to maneuver mm -hmm. in a pain-free way. Um, it really like, not that anyone thinks that you're faking it or anything, but like it really put it into perspective of like, dang, she can't even get up. 
Yeah. You know, like it yeah. was, it was the real deal. Uh, <laughs> it was a real deal. You saying the whole maneuvering that was definitely, Man- that was the hardest thing. Like, yes, you walk with the limp and those things I think are to be expected, mm-hmm. but just to, to be able to see someone have to physically think about how to get their body to move. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about with weights. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about in an exercise. I'm talking about the little time in between the <laughs> exercise when that feels like as much of a workout as the actual workout, that's when I think that first time I was like, okay, we have to start from ground zero. Well, that it definitely, I don't want to say put the fear of God in you, but it was kind of <laughs> like that. No, know? but I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, it, it's nothing that I wasn't prepared for, Yeah, no. but it is something no certainly means. as a, when you're working with a client, you never know what you're going to get, whether mm-hmm. it be the first time that you see a client or the first time a client comes back from injury, mm-hmm. it, that first session is so tough because you have to think of a plan, write a plan and just be prepared mm-hmm. for anything mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> and I just was hopefully prepared. Yeah. Hopefully felt like I was prepared for your, uh, <laughs> ground zero. Yes, truly, yes, yes. truly. Um, and I would say you were more than well-prepared. I mean, I was oh, amazed and impressed. Thank you. Impressed at how closely the moves that you are suggesting we do mirrored the types of moves at the PT. So like the one-sided mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. and the, you know, kind of in, including movement in with working my back, yes. that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely a, a right and a wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things, uh, that actually Jen alluded to is just that you have to have a plan. And I think a lot of times I'm a huge believer in home fitness. I have workout plans for people to do at home. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think when you are injured, there is a hundred percent of the time I say, go find someone to help you, mm-hmm. whether it's a personal trainer, a physical therapist, a doctor, it can be a range of people, but when you are injured, having someone who is actually knowledgeable on how to get you from zero to a hundred, because there mm-hmm. is a right way and there is a wrong way. And I don't say that to scare people, mm-hmm. but it's the reality of how to get back safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I glad that you saw that because it's, it's just me doing my job. I mean, if you're doing it right, you should start from a certain place and build up. You know, I think that if I would have said, okay, here's, you know, two 30 pound weights, let's just crush some strength training. <laughs> We, we wouldn't been, it wouldn't have been good. It would not have been pretty. It definitely no. would not. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, okay. So when I started working out with a trainer, um, it was to focus on lifting heavy weights yep. primarily for my upper body. And then our focus has shifted dramatically yes. since my return. Yes. So more about my core, my back, and even more leg stuff, especially one-legged stuff, it seems like. Yep. So can you talk about the why of that, please? Yeah. So when someone gets injured and this is any injury in the body that can experience, uh, your most, the body is then going to react and it's going to take the path of least resistance. So it's not going to sit around and wait for you to heal. It's going to try to let you walk and it's trying to try to get you to run and to do all the things. And sometimes that means that we are, um, repeating bad behaviors because Mm -hmm. your hip may not be ready. Your groin may not be ready. And so we build these muscle imbalances. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that I like to attack muscle imbalances is by doing one, um, it's called a unilateral work. So one-sided work, uh, so one-legged items, one arm things, Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Um, and this allows you to isolate the movements on one side of the body, which one allows me to actually see where there are imbalances like, oh, she can do that much better on her left side than her right or good. They're both even. So one of it is for it to help me check the boxes, but two, it's also allowing, it's also allowing you to isolate the work in that one leg so that the other side's not, um, compromising for the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helps you build strength. So while yes, I, we will get back to targeting your upper body. Um, I think it's really important to, to diagnose the problem, not just the symptoms. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all about building you a better foundation so that when you do get back to hundred percent and you will get there that we don't get back to this place, mm-hmm. you might aggravate it one day. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to aggravate it and it's going to suck, <laughs> but let's hope that it's never to this point because we have rebuilt that foundation, mm-hmm. not just, you know, putting lipstick on a pig, like let's actually <laughs> fix the problems. So I've had to kind of strip away everything that we've been doing in our program yeah. to make sure that that foundation is solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like that the, doing the one legged movements at one point, you said something about, you know, that, that that's because that's what running is, is balancing mm-hmm. on one yes. leg for, yes. you know, very finite amounts of time. Yes. And so I was like, and that was, that was several weeks ago that you said that. Yeah. So I'm like, look at that. She's already working mm-hmm. toward getting me back. And to- that's, and the thing is with balance. And I think it's so funny that I think a lot of people don't think about balance and stability work until they get to the age where they start worrying about falling, like mm-hmm. physically just falling downstairs or what have you. Like that's suddenly when you see clients come in and say, I need to work on my balance. Mm-hmm. When you, we all should be working on our balance always because balance and stability really comes down to your core. When I say your core, I don't mean your superficial abs and whether or not you have a six pack, your core is both the front side and the back side of your body. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you are rock solid, both in your back and in your um, core on the front side, in your abs, um, is going to set you up for success in running. And a lot of that one-legged stuff is balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do have to engage your core. And we've did a lot of exercises um, that are offset. And that's where, if you imagine doing a squat and holding a dumbbell, just holding a dumbbell on one side instead of dumbbells in both hands, uh, it's going to make it a little bit harder for the core because it has to uh, stib, 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 because it has to stabilize, uh, to keep you centered since you're off balance or mm-hmm. off, um, off kilter, so to speak. So I really believe in starting with balance work, um, because it's going to focus on that, on the core. And that's really why for you, I wanted to see where your imbalances were. I wanted to work on those imbalances, but then I also need to make sure that your core, it truly is the powerhouse of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is connected to it. Mm-hmm. So whether you are doing a bicep curl, a leg press, there's very, very few, and I'm struggling to actually think of one at the moment, exercises that don't use your core in some way, even when it comes down to breathing, that mm-hmm. is all through your core, through your diaphragm, through your pelvic floor, it's all connected uh, through the core. And so I think for me, if we can't get your core right, we aren't graduating you on to the next thing. Like mm-hmm. That has to be the starting point in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in there, you said graduating last Thursday, you mentioned the progression you have me on. Yep. So can you provide some details, please? Um, you know, along with some takeaways for folks who aren't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you think of your body like a house, uh, and I think we all want to have pretty mansions with hot tubs and, you know, the sexy drapes and detailing and crown molding. I don't know. Do people do crown molding still? I'm not even sure, but you know what I'm saying? Like you want all of the details and the fancy everything. 
But none of that matters if you don't have a rock solid foundation, like I was alluding to earlier. So I always, always believe, well, it's, it's science. It's not just that I believe it. Your core is your foundation Mm -hmm. balance and stability, being able to learn how to engage and brace your core is one of the best things you can do. Um, bar Pilates, um, are two great exercises that work a lot. Um, yoga to an extent yoga, it really depends on what kind of yoga that you're doing. Um, but really focusing on your core and stability first, Mm. that way we can build a rock solid foundation that we don't have to worry about you know, 30 years from now when we're selling this house, (laughs) (laughs) then you work on muscular endurance, which isn't the same as endurance, what runners may be used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, if you think of endurance as stamina, it's the endurance of your individual muscles. Mm -hmm. So I need your body to be able to have a capacity for work and the way to get you to not be injured when we do want to get to that 30 pounds, you know, bicep curl, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, is to be able to do a high volume, Mm -hmm. um, with a lower amount of, of weight first. So Mm -hmm. we build your core, then we're going to work on adding in exercises that just build your stamina in your muscles. Uh, then the third piece, that's where we're at right now. Then that third piece is adding in strength. Strength exercises are you're doing a lot less reps. You're taking a lot more rest, but the weight is much heavier. That's where we start adding on. Okay. We've been living in this house for 10 years. The basics are good. I think we need a fresh coat of paint. I think we're going to upgrade the faucet. You know, mm-hmm. that's to me, given what your goals are, mm-hmm. that's where I want to get to, but I got to make sure that we spend our money on the things that we actually need for the house to be functional before we <laughs> work on the things for the house to be pretty. And I think that a lot of people think of strength training is just going to the gym and lifting heavy. And especially for runners, I say, you don't ever have to do that for some runners stopping at muscular endurance Mm. is fine. Mm. While yes, I would love for everyone to lift heavy and to get their maximum strength. For some people, that's just not what they need to do. That's not what they have time for. It doesn't fit into the schedule, their lifestyle, what have you. Um, So know that it's always a stepping stone. Mm. uh, And for you, we will not graduate to the next step until, until you're ready. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so for folks coming back from injury, they might just be so dang excited to run, 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 (laughs) you know, that they, they toss all other forms of exercise, you know, by the wayside. So explain why that might not be wise. Yeah. So, um, I think what's really important is recognizing that running is a cardiovascular activity and the quote unquote muscle that running is really focusing on is your heart. And you aren't going to gain strength in your arms, in your legs. And I know people are going to be like, what? I'm not getting stronger in my legs from running. No, that's it's to- totally different um, to totally different mechanisms. So really strength training is going to help you. You might have some mus- muscle atrophy depending on how long you've been out for. So building up those muscles is really important. Also being able to Im- take that impact in the muscles the tendons, the joints, that's really important. So I think when it comes to, oh, I don't want to strength train. Don't just think of it as going to the gym and lifting weights or grabbing those dumbbells that you have in your house and doing weight work. Think of it as mobility. Think of it as dynamic stretching. Think of it as things that are going to help you invest in your body for the long term. So that, Mm -hmm. like I said, that injury is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. The focus from here on out should be, how do we get it to not come back Mm -hmm. and doing those, those that strength training, that those mobility movements is what's going to help it from coming back. And quite frankly, if you were doing that from the beginning, your chances of injury can go down. Now, I'm not saying that they go away, 
there's always a chance of injury. Um, but I think having a more holistic approach to coming back from injury is going to help you prolong, uh, it hopefully ever coming back. Mm -hmm. And so by holistic, you mean the strength training, strength training, mobility work, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and running as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with the mobility work, are are there classes for that anywhere? I mean, or is that just something like that is, that's something I honestly would recommend going to like, it's so funny when you say, oh, you should, I recommend all the time, go to a physical therapist. And people are like, oh, and I'm like, I'm not talking about going to a physical therapist for years. Mm-hmm. Try to get three to four sessions and, and get an assessment a, a personal trainer can do it as well. If someone wanted to come in and just say, can I train with you three times just to give you, to give me 10 things I need to work on from a mobility perspective, mm-hmm. um, you would need to know what you need to be mobile in first, right? Like Mm -hmm. most people it's ankles, it's hips, um, it's knees and shoulders. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the big ones. Um, so I wouldn't say just randomly start doing things because you might not have a (laughs) mobility problem in those areas. Uh So get assessed, find out what your issues are, but then it's not something that you have to like do something different every single day. It's kind of the boring work that Mm -hmm. like, here are 10 things that you're going to do for the next seven months and sure there's progressions of everything to make things harder and more challenging, Mm -hmm. but it's the unsexy work. It sure is. It's the, so when I saw my PT who I really like, um, and so there I was talking about my back and he's like, Oh, when you stand, you know, you, you really kind of are jutted one way. And he's like, do you feel that? And I'm like, Nope. Don't feel that. And so, <laughs> Cause you've been dealing with it with yeah. probably your entire life. Yeah. And so this was not related to the bulging discs at all. Right. But he just, it was so glaring to him that he's like, okay, I want you to do this thing. And, and I just stand in the doorway, a door frame and jut my yep. hips off to the left. I know exactly what he had you do. Yep. And, and <laughs> talk about unsexy. It is just like, look at Sarah doing that weirdo move. Yep. But you know, he'll have me do it at the clinic and, and then he'll look at me again. He's like, oh my gosh, that already just helped. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Okay. If 10 of them helps, what is doing 30 right. a morning? Right. Do, and know? then I think too, one thing that people don't realize is that the body is all connected. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I struggle with knee issues and everyone's like, oh, it's your arthritis. Oh, it's, I'm like, well, actually from my own experience as a trainer in this field and with my physical therapist that I've been working with for 10 years, it's my ankle. Mm -hmm. I tore a ligament in my ankle and now I have scar tissue built up and my range of motion in my ankle is very limited. And so my knee is having to compensate for what my ankle cannot do. Mm -hmm. And then I started having some hip pinging earlier Mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. And that's because my knee is having to make up for my ankle. And now my hip is trying to make up for my knee. And so a lot of times you might be having knee problems and you go to that PT and he has you to your point, doing some wonky exercise for your hips. And you're like, what is this? I came in for a knee problem, (laughs) but I think that's the sort of thing that you just won't know that Uh about yourself. You know, like you are going to have to get someone who's going to help you say, here's the root of your problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I always say, don't just go for the symptoms, find what is actually the cause of the problem. And unfortunately you might need to have someone help you to figure that out. Mm All right. So I'm not sure whether you've checked the schedule, but, um, I signed up to do your strength class mm-hmm. next Tuesday. Um, because I'm thinking that I want more than just one hour of strength training a week, but now listening to you talk now, I'm wondering if I should take your bar, bar class. class at, at the refinery instead. So I think strength might be better. 
Mm, Only because, and I might give you some mobility exercises to do beforehand, Mm -hmm. uh, only because bar moves really quickly. Mm. So while I think bar is excellent for what you need, I also think you need some control. And I don't say that meaning like you are a control (laughs) freak, meaning you need to work in a stable environment. So while, yes, I just talked about uh, challenging you with instability, there needs to be a way for you to safely get into unstable positions. And when you're moving quickly, mm-hmm. uh, that might not be the case. So I still think that, uh, the strength class is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with anyone going, coming back from injury, recognizing that you're going to have to say no to some things and you're going to mm-hmm. have to look at me and say, Hey, I can't do this. What do I do? And not have any shame or guilt about that. And that's one thing that I wish was so much easier to change about group fitness classes. And if I could, I would be a billionaire, but maybe not. I don't think the industry is that big. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's that much of a need for it, but I think it was so often when you're in a group fitness class, you get together and you see everyone doing something else. You see everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone else can do pushups, but Mm -hmm. you might not, you might know that might, well, that's probably a bad example because you probably can't do pushups with your injury, but let's pretend like pushups hurt. You know, that doesn't work for you. Having the courage to raise your hand, to tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, Brittany, this doesn't work for me. What's a different exercise I can do. Mm-hmm. The number one piece of advice I could give a beginner, someone coming back from injury is have the wherewithal to know what you sh- cannot do or mm-hmm. should not do mm-hmm. and do not do it and ask for help. There are not enough people that ask for alternatives, swaps, modifications. Um, so I have no problem with you coming to class, excited to see you an extra day. I think that just both of us working together to recognize where are your limitations. Some of those limitations, I'm going to feel comfortable enough pushing because we got to get you forward and forward movement does happen with pushing. There is a little bit of challenging going on, but we have to do it in a safe environment for you. Not just what Brittany wrote down for the entire class to do today. Well, thank you. Because I, I, you know, debated, um, that, that your class is on Tuesday and Tuesday, typically I like to swim and it just works out really well for my schedule. I'm like, no, no, no. It's important enough to have you be the yes. instructor yes. because you know what's going I, on. I agree. Yeah, I completely, and I'm not sitting like tooting my own horn on that, but I do think that when you are coming back from an injury and if you are someone listening and you come back from injury and you don't have a gym that you work out or you don't do any fitness classes and maybe you want to get strength training, find a home, but then make sure that you are telling that trainer. And even if it's a different trainer every single day, tell them what you are dealing with. If you have to write it down on a sheet of paper, because it's some fancy term that your doctor (laughs) spit it at you, that's fine. I've seen it. Someone's like, this is what I have. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, okay, cool. Got you. Um, know your limitations. Even if it's an injury that happened 10 years ago, I love to know it. Like today I taught a workout before I came here and it was super wrist heavy. Mm. And if there's people who were like, Oh, I, I forgot to tell you that I have a wrist injury from 10 years ago. And now that I'm on my 70th push up, I feel it. I'm like, yeah, well, if you would have told me that I would have helped you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to let a trainer know what you're going with because we aren't mind readers and we can certainly see when you're struggling and we can certainly see when safety is an issue and a trainer should always step in when, when you need to make an adjustment for a safety reason. But sometimes you have to be able to speak up and say, this just, this just doesn't feel right. Yes. And that, that, because I think too often we can feel like, oh, I'm just not doing it because I'm lazy. I'm not pushing myself hard enough. And to have it be known of it. No, it's not just that I, you know, d- can't do this, you know, clap in between push up, right. you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, that I have some, some mobility or some yeah. limitations here. And I think too, what's nice is that like a good trainer and 
I do it this way and I hope that I am a good trainer, but I thanks. I, um, hopefully a good trainer isn't making you feel singled out. So mm-hmm. like if I have repeat clients that are coming into my class and I know that there are back issues when I'm demoing, I don't say, Hey, Susie, this is for you. <laughs> Listen up. I just say, and for those of us in class who have back issues, here you go. And you might honestly learn something. Mm-hmm. And it might not even be your injury. Right. So don't be afraid. A good reputable trainer is going to know how to navigate that with respect uh, and not make you feel small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, that's what us women need. Oh, yes. 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 All right. Well, thank you, Brittany. Of course. Uh, Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. And so, all right, folks, um, if you want some in-person advice from some great experts, join us on one of our 2023 retreats. Um, and if you register by July 15th, you will save some coinage. So we are going to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We're returning there. Uh, we'll be part of the marathon weekend there. Uh, we're going to central Oregon to beautiful Redmond. It's going to be a slightly different retreat than usual. We're doing hiking. There's no race. We hopefully are doing a takeover of a super cool, but not pretentious hotel there in Redmond. Redmond and uh, eating a lot of good food. And then we are going back to Hilton Head Island that coach Jen and I were talking about going back there in November now, instead of February. Um, And it's right on the beach. It's so beautiful and just a ton of fun. That'll be our third time going back there. We love it so much. So to find out about all our 2023 retreats, go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on the events, and there's a 2023 retreats in the dropdown. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. And I am sad to say that perhaps that might be the last time I'm going to be saying that. Uh, Getting a little choked up here Mm. after nearly a decade with us, Alex Ward is moving on to a really fantastic full-time opportunity that, as I said to him, it sounds like a really great job for a man who might soon be a dad. Hopefully that's the little grandma on me wanting that. (laughs) (laughs) Not super soon. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, um, Alex, I know the whole, I'm speaking for the whole community when I say we are sorry to be losing you because as I saw, uh, you told me, we, you told me the news when I was in the car with my younger daughter, Daphne. And what I told her after I got off the phone is that, you know, you are a talented individual, but what really stands out most for me, Alex, is how much you respect and admire another mother runner, the people in our community, our guests, like no matter whether they were, you know, people just starting out or Shalane Flanagan pro runner, you just had, um, an appreciation for what it is we are going through and what we're doing on a daily basis. And that really uh, means the world to me. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh. Thank you so much. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get choked up too. Well, let me, well, I'll come on an episode. I think sometime soon. Oh, and we'll yes. do a full, uh, you should do we'll- like a, uh, top moments, like, <laughs> re- like funny situations kind of, you know, beh- yeah, uh, behind I'll, the I'll finally pull back the curtain yeah. and, and reveal AMR for what behind it really the is. scenes, <laughs> Alex it's tells such all a, <laughs> just a corrupt organization. That, needs to be shown. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh my God. Well, thank you. You have banished the tears. That is good. So uh. thank you. So, so uh, Alex, you will be sorely missed. So thank you. Well, I'll still be around here for yeah. a bit. I'll let you, you'll get to say it at least once. Okay. Time. Very good. Very good. All right. Okay. Well, uh, many happy miles to you folks. And if you're coming back from uh, injury, I um, hope they are pain-free miles. Bye.